0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Philosophy and Fiction in Modern Spain. I'm Dr. Todd Mack from Hillsdale College. Today in class, we discuss Chapter 1 and a little bit of Chapter 2 of El Capitan a la Triste, which is a novel by Arturo and Carlota Pérez Reverte. Okay, so we have moved away from... Just reading these philosophical texts. And now uh, we're going to start reading novels. And the goal is, I mean, the hope is that we will be able to see interesting things in these novels because of the philosophy that we've been talking about. And the novel that we're reading is called El Capitan a la Triste, Captain a la Triste. Um, and this is the first in a series of novels by Arturo Pereira Verde uh he actually wrote this this one with his teenage daughter teenage at the time uh Carlota uh, this was in 1996 um so she's not a teenager anymore uh but um it's a story of this guy named Diego Alatriste it's set in the 1620s this is during the time of Philip IV and uh it's right in the middle of the the golden age of spanish literature so uh, like the Quevedo, the poet Quevedo uh, figures; he he plays an important part in this uh, in this first chapter. Um, but this is the time of Lope de Vega. It's shortly after the the uh, the death of Cervantes, um, and it was just an interesting time to be in Spain. Uh, Spain was kind of at the at the height of its game. It's just starting to kind of lose steam politically. And economically, and but really getting its legs under it uh, culturally, we would say. So Diego Velázquez is uh, painting at this time, for example. So Capitán a la triste is this guy uh, called Diego a la triste who um, is called Capitán because he was on a, a, a mission. He was in a battle in in the in the Netherlands. And uh, was the only survivor, so he was captain for a day, basically, because all the other men in his company were killed. And uh, so they call him captain, even though technically he's never been a captain. Uh, And the narrator of this story is a guy named, is a boy, a young boy named Inigo. And his father had fought with Alatriste in the wars, and then um, had died, and made, sort of asked asked uh, triste to take care of his son. So he comes back and, and takes this kid, Inigo, under his wing. And it's really written like a like a picaresque novel. So picaresque is uh, a tradition that starts in Spain with this uh, very famous kind of maybe proto-novel uh, called Lazarillo de Tormes. Uh, it was published in 1564 anonymously. And it's a story uh, also written in the first person uh, also, about a kid whose family uh, can't really take care of him. And so he goes to the city and uh, is kind of led along by different masters. He serves different masters, and some of them are good and some of them are really terrible. They're all, uh, uh, some of them are poor, some of them are a little bit better off. Um, but he has to become kind of a rogue and um, make his way as best he can. Uh, so the A la Triste novel. Um, it starts with this line that says uh, he wasn't an honest man, nor the kindest, but he was a brave man. Uh, he was called Diego la Triste y Tenoria. and he uh, fought as a soldier in in these uh, wars in Flanders. And so we talked a little bit today about this about this opening line. He wasn't the most honest, uh, nor the most kind, but he was brave. And uh, philosophically. Uh, it's kind of interesting because we just <laughs> we just read this uh essay by Julia Marías about the truth and uh Marías talks about um about having true belief meaning that you really believe in the way that you're doing things and and for Inigo to start this novel by saying uh that that Diego's not an honest man uh it kind of casts uh it makes us question uh is this guy really authentic and makes me wonder if maybe uh he will have to think uh through the way that he sees the world is 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 this maybe going to be something that he'll learn a way for him to grow uh we do see later on that this uh, this guy called Saldaña who's uh who's uh, like the sheriff and asks uh, Alatriste to go to do this mission for him um there seems to be trust between them which means it doesn't seem like Alatriste is uh is untrustworthy uh we talked a little bit about the idea of honor and and virtue and what is it uh is Alatriste, is he a bad guy it doesn't seem like it but he does not seem not to be lawful um so we would we would categorize him as sort of maybe uh, uh, chaotic and good, uh, uh, chaos and, uh, and lawfulness being uh, opposites, and and good and bad being opposites. He's not bad, but he is chaotic. He doesn't seem to to respect the law like we would, um, you know, hope that people would, at least in our day. Um, we, uh, so that was, that was an interesting discussion. Uh, we also talked about uh, his scars. There's this great scene where... Um, so basically the story is uh, Alatriste gets out of jail and Inigo is there. In, uh, Alatriste has been in debtor's prison. He gets out. Uh, they go to a bar. They have this great conversation with Quevedo, uh, who is uh, this great Spanish poet, a real guy from history. Um, and his rival was a guy called Góngora, and somebody, uh, there's some confusion about uh, a poem, whether Góngora wrote it or Quevedo wrote it, and Quevedo's really upset, and it looks like there's going to be a fight because, uh, because how could anybody possibly confuse Quevedo's poetry with Góngora's? With and, uh, and Alatriste is able to kind of uh, smooth things over, and then this guy, Saldana, uh, asks Alatriste, he says, hey, I've got this job for you. Um, and Alatriste, he's a soldier of fortune. He, um, he's a hired... ...gun man, except that he fights with a sword and a dagger. Uh, and so he uh, he accepts the job. That's basically where this chapter ends. The beginning of the next chapter is uh, where he goes to meet somebody... ...and he's going to learn about the job. Um, so that's basically what happens here. Uh, there's this interesting scene where just as Aledriste gets out of debtor's prison... ...he goes and he's going to take a bath... And Inigo sees him getting dressed, and he notices all of the scars on him. And we talked about what what does that tell us about uh, about triste to see all of these scars. And so we talked about, well, it shows that he's brave. Um, he's, he's not been hurt once, but multiple times, which means uh, he's not afraid to go into situations knowing exactly what could happen, because it already has happened. Uh, we also just talked about living in that time, uh, to have had multiple serious wounds. And these are like big scars. He has a giant, jagged one on his uh, on his thigh. He's got a great big one that goes from his belly button uh, up into his chest. He's got a bullet wound in his back, a, a, a scar. And he's got this other one that's still kind of open. And we talked about uh, infection and how... <laughs> Uh, many people would die from any one of these wounds, and yet Alatriste seems to have made it through. And so, uh, Pere Reverte is talking to us about, I and mean, he's telling us, showing us, really not telling us, but showing us how uh, what a, what a tough a tough guy Alatriste is. Um, we had a, a couple of interesting, um, just just kind of touching on things. This early on in a story, basically, what we're doing is getting to know the characters. And, um, and learning a little bit about them, and maybe starting to lay the gra- the groundwork of what are going to be some interesting themes here. Uh, one thing that was interesting that we talked about: there's a there's a a passage that uh, where Aladris uh, is talking to Sadlania, and he says, "Um, you know, I've just been hired for my sword. People only see me uh, for this for the sword." And we talked about Unamuno and how uh, Unamuno talked about unity, uh, that part of being human is being unified and uh, kind of bringing together all of the parts into one unified whole, unified in purpose. And uh, and and so we talked about that a little bit. We also discussed Ortega in uh, Re- Rebellion of the Masses, Revolt of the Masses, and talked about um, this idea of the mass man and... Is is Alatriste a mass man or is he a select man? He's one of the majority or the minority, and it seems clear at this point that he is uh, he's in the minority. First of all, we have a whole book written about him, and he's had all these adventures. Um, But there seems to be a a level of uh, skill in the things that he does, um, and a willingness to take on uh, challenges that Ortega points at in 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 Revolt of the Masses as being kind of hallmarks of of the minority, that the, they pile on themselves uh, trials and tribulations, but also responsibilities, and that's what we see just in these early pages here. So just a little bit about the beginning of this book, and we're just going to kind of cruise through it. We're moving fairly quickly uh, through this novel, but we just, just got just barely into chapter 2 today. <laughs> that's it for now thanks for listening if you find the show helpful i encourage you to go to anchor.fm slash philosophy and fiction and offer a monthly donation don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app of choice and please recommend the show to your friends feel free to reach out with questions or feedback by finding me on twitter at todd KMAC or emailing me at tmac@hillsdale.edu. at hillsdale.edu you can also go to toddkmac.com to find a list of all my shows this semester i have one on beginning spanish and one on the hero's journey in masterpieces of film until next time so long